Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to You've Got to Be Kidding Me. Again, we continue our series Unvarnished with the Right Reverend Rastus Roosevelt, Washington III of the Kingdom Come Last Baptist Church of Gumneck, North Carolina. Thank you for being with us again, and welcome aboard, Reverend. Well, thank you very much, Chuck. I'm sorry that I was unable to meet your studio, and today we're recording as we drive to my revival service with my fellow brethren at the Great Stony River Baptist Church, which is just around the other side of the Alligator River. Well, thank you very much for being with us again, and let's go on with the series. As I recall, you were teaching us the doctrine of the strip spiritual constructionist, someone who sees and says only what the Bible actually has. Now, that's altogether true, Chuck, and I'm glad you have grasped that and conveyed it to our studio audience in a way that is perceptively clear, that we don't want to spread no rumors, and that we want to substantiate the facts. Reverend, I can't agree with you more. There's too little of that nowadays. You're telling me, ever since that guy got, well, we won't get into that today. Let's see if we can instead speak to the story. And I think you left us in Genesis at the inaugural ethnicity of the Jewish nation with Abraham. Well, that's right, Chuck. I'm going to see that you were paying attention last time because Abraham was indeed the first Jew. Now, we finished that story with Lot and his family getting the H out of D, as they say, when the city of Sodom was set fire and destroyed by the Almighty because of all the sin and vile wickedness that existed in that town. Well, that's right, and I believe you told us that that was when the beginning of the nation of Israel could probably be traced to. Well, that's correct, Chuck. The next chapter is a little more boring, but I want to go back to my previous episode and correct something I offered. I spoke clearly that uh, remember Lot's wife was the second shortest verse in the Bible. However, it does not appear in the same section where Lot's wife turned around against the instructions of the men's of God's and turned her into a pillar of salt. That verse actually appears in the book of Luke in the gospel. Uh, chapter 17, verse 33, maybe, I think it's 23. I don't have the book with me, but it's close. Be that as it may, I want everybody to know that them two events are not cited in the same portion of the scriptures. Thank you very much, Reverend. So what happened next? Well, Abraham didn't believe he was going to have no kids, so he laid in with this Egyptian woman named Hagar. They had a son named Ishmael, and Ishmael, he was an excellent Excellent archer. He shot better than Robin Hood. He was able to shoot down things with his bow and arrow and was known for that at the time. Is that so? Well, uh, is that what led to the Jewish? No, no. Ishmael, he was offshoot. The God wanted to test Abraham's faith, so he made him have children when he was 100 years old. Now, I can't imagine what would test a man's faith more than to have infants in his house running around up things at that age, but I'm sure that this is proof positive that God had spoken a righteous man. Him and his wife both, who was 90, had Isaac, who was the predecessor to the nation of Israel. All right. So Isaac was the preferred son, but he also had a son named Ishmael. That's exactly right, Chuck. You keep paying attention, you might catch on. As a matter of fact, when they got together, Isaac and Ishmael used to get into it, and Sarah didn't like it. She said, you need to send that Egyptian woman, half-breeds, and uh, her son, Ishmael, out of here. And Abraham had to, like, pour oil on the water to calm things down between the mistresses. It's always been astounding to me as a test of faith that the scriptures don't bring up having more than one wife. One was plenty for me, Chuck. 
And I don't want to tell you how two of them might have entangled things to the... Now, well, Reverend, let's stick with the story if we can. Oh, yeah, you're right. Isaacs, he was a good son, and uh, he did what his daddy told him to do. And one day his daddy said, look, God had told Abraham he was going to test his faith again. He said, I want you to take your own son, Isaac, which I made you wait for in indefinite period to have, up to the mountaintop, put him on an altar, cut his throat and set him on fire as a sacrifice to me to prove your faith. Well, Abraham, he wasn't happy about this. He waited a long time for his son. Admittedly, it must have been difficult, but that was God's command. So well, he's taking Isaac up the mountain. Isaac said, Daddy, I know we're going to offer a sacrifice, but where's the sheep, the lamb? He said, don't worry, son, God will provide. This is where Abraham reminds me of Obi-Wan Kenobi, not telling Luke Skywalker that he was important. In fact, his real father was Darth Vader. Anyway, you know, in a certain sort of way, it was the truth. God was going to provide. What Isaac didn't realize was the provision was to be himself and his life. So once Abraham got him tied down, God said, oh, I changed my mind. I don't want you to kill your son. There's a ram over there in the bushes caught with his heads and the thorns and the horns and whatever. Sacrifice him instead. And with great relief, Isaac breathed a sigh of um, thankfulness, and so did his father for not having to kill him and offer him a sacrifice. And that's the end of that story, Chuck. That's how Isaac was used by Abraham to prove his faith in the Almighty. Well, thank you very much, Reverend. That's been an excellent rendition. I am glad we were able to ride with you on this trip to the Stony River Baptist Church to discuss your next chapter in the continuing series, Unvarnished, the truth of the unscripted and constructionally correct scriptures. Thank you. We'll be back with you folks again next week with another episode. Thanks.